Welcome to the conversations nobody's having. You're about to hear a lecture that serves two purposes. First is a summary of class 108, Writer Position. This lecture is also the introduction to class 107, Throughness. Here's the RT podcast, the conversations nobody's having. Will you consider this idea? Will you consider that you are contact? Your horse is contact. We, our position, our seat is contact. We are contact. Riding is contact. That's what riding is. We have examined the rider's position from head to heel. We still need to examine the hand, which means we first have to examine the straight line elbow to bit. This means we have to clearly and thoroughly understand contact. Will you consider this idea? Will you consider that you are contact? Your horse is contact. We, our position, our seat is contact. We are contact. Riding is contact. That's what riding is. And here's another idea to mull on. There's no such thing as good hands without a good seat. It's completely, the skill of the hands can justifiably be considered a measure of the rider's total skill. It's, it's completely erroneous to believe that good hands could be an isolated, favorable characteristic of some riders. Rather, good hands are the result of a perfect seat and fine feeling, which is, a, which is trained. We often hear the statement that somebody is not a particularly good rider but has very good hands, or vice versa, that he's a very good rider but has just one fault, heavy hands. This is an obvious contradiction because whoever has really good hands on a horse is a master of the art of riding. A person who, has, who really has bad hands can never be a rider. No matter how elegant he appears to be, the, the influence of the hand becomes a guiding aid only by correct co-action and interaction with the aids of the seat and the leg. And so the hand is a measure of a rider's skill. But before we examine the hand, its location upon the straight line elbow to bit, and contact, in more depth. Let's review some things first because this final contact, this final point of contact through the hand can only be established when the rest of us, when, when our entire seat, when, when we, when you are sitting in place, sitting loose and informed by the meaning of the natural aid. So we're right back at this blackboard. This checklist on this blackboard proves a seat, an actual functional seat. 
an actual functional seat can be explained, made, and maintained with this three-point list. We must use all three of these items on the blackboard, not one out of three, not two out of three. Three out of three, or else there's a risk of gigantic mistakes and counterfeit, counterfeit seating, uh, counterfeit seat, counterfeit riding, counterfeit training. We need to be able to identify this and see it because the majority of the horse world is a mosh pit shopping mall of misunderstandings and knockoffs. It's like, this is catastrophic for the horses. So a really good hand, you, you, many of you have never seen one. All right, now, this is a good time to introduce the secret service parable. We really need to be able to know the real thing then anything that is not the real thing will stick out like a sore thumb or a thumb that's not on top. So here is a five minute podcast that spells out the secret service parable. I hope you enjoy it. Insert secret service parable here. So instead of a hundred dollar bill, we know good riding when we hear it, see it, feel it, sense it, you name it. We can check our own position and our and our student's position, a rider's position with these three items. Plumb line, these the two lines, which are the plumb line and the straight line elbow to bit, looseness and literacy, being literate in the natural aids, knowing the natural aids. We need these three items, all three, not two out of three, because it's possible to be plumb and loose, but be illiterate. That's why we use all three. We see plenty of plum riders who are compressing, mashing at nightmares. They aren't loose, they're just plum. So from my, so we must have all three of these features present in order, before we can say a rider sits well or is a good rider. From my point of view at this time in, in 2023, 2024, the most absent feature in the horse world are the second two, looseness and literacy in the natural aids. The horse world is illiterate. It doesn't believe in the natural aids, but we must have all three of these or it is a fail. And we must ride in contact, connected. So it's pass or fail. We must use all three criteria to pass. And I want you guys to always keep in mind, what the seat is, is what it's for. What the seat is, is what it's for. Very quickly, 
we're making horses a certain way, the right way, forward, straight. So let's run through it as we did at the start. Now, the rider trainer has achieved his aim and fully trained his horse when both forces of the hindquarters, the propulsive force and the carrying power bound with elasticity are fully developed when he can use and um, balance the effects of these two forces at will and in precise ratios. We enable him through practice. The horse must therefore be enabled through practice to restrain his own thrust to the utmost by increasing the load. So the horse does this. He restrains his own thrust with carrying. We enable him through practicing this. We've got to have this clear in our mind in the first place because writing is faster than speech and there's no time to say this in the going or explain it in the going. It can only be ridden that quick. Riding is the speed of thought. The rider has the thought and the horse executes the thought. So your position, our position must already be in place for an aid to go through. We should never need to change the location of our body part to use it. It's already in place or else it's not an aid. It's not information. It's interference or maybe even a quasi-influence, but it's not an aid. It's not the language of writing. The seat is for the delivery of aids, which are information. They are the aids or the language of writing. So the well-trained horse or the horse that we're making follows our decisions, but he governs his own momentum by carrying. And this happens lickety split, but first we have to explain and practice it like sounding out words when we're little kids learning to read. read. Then it develops into speed reading. And then finally, when, it, when the horse is dirsh and really through permeable, what's more like telepathy. And that's not too far off what's actually going on because riding is a language. We teach language and ideas to the horse, a language of sensations, the equitation language. Here's its summary. All riding boils down to four events. Go, turn, stop, and carry on. These events happen on two possible lines of travel straight lines and curved lines. And these lines of travel are the horse's mission. We establish these lines of travel by the line of sight, by the line of sight, by scouting ahead. When we say a horse is straight, it means he's got his feet tracking these lines that we've already sighted. He's tracking these lines, right hind to right front and left hind to left front. And his spine is perfect over this line. That's defining a horse as straight. And when we say a horse is forward, it means he's decided to, he's decided to advance the load, to carry the load, himself plus me, upon that line that I saw. These two things, straight and forward, are known as the two golden rules of riding. We fail if they're not happening. We fail if they aren't happening. Okay, back to the summary to arrange the horse's body straight upon these lines, he's got to have a displaceable forehand. So to ride well, we've got to have 
a full understanding of the operations of the hindquarters and the operations of the front of the horse, the displaceable forehand. These two ends are wed through the back. A through horse traveling straight on curved lines and straight lines has three gates, walk, trot, and canter or gallop. If he's not in one of these three gates, the horse is at halt. And halt is defined by immobility plus readiness to move, those two features. When this is all becoming clear, next we can position the horse two other ways relative to the line of travel, with his forehand to the inside of the line of travel or with his hindquarters to the inside of the line of travel. This is shoulders in and travers, also known as haunches in. That's it. How do we do all this? By the four natural aids which are our means for communicating our thoughts and ideas to the horse so he can do them. The four natural aids are our means of communication with the horse for informing, shaping, displacing, and adjusting. The aids are the voice, the weight of the seat, the leg and the hand. Most people, even some of you, don't really believe in these four natural aids. You think they're more like, like guessing or, or sort of just vague guidelines, but they're not. They're uniform and fairly universal and ought to be clear and precise because when they're clear and precise, they can be fast. They need to be clear, not incoherent. And they're not just a good guess. We spell things out. These aids are delivered. These aids, which are the voice, the weight of the seat, the leg and the hand, are delivered by a rider whose position is plumb, laterally symmetrical, laterally matched, right to left match, and loose. Okay, so with this review, can, we can see where we are in the big scheme of things. This is all we need to achieve. It's easy when we make it this simple. Is it pretty clear now how we use these three criteria to check ourselves, to check our seat? We've got to do this because riding, we, we can't be winging it. Riding isn't personal. We conform to what riding is. And what riding is, is you, your seat. Your seat is your riding. You are the contact. You're your, con you're your own contact. Really, you are contact and so is he. You are your riding. You are your seat. And what the seat is, is what it is for. And what it is for the correct seat, what it's for, is the basic prerequisite for the delivery of all aids. The rider's seat, the body, is actually the delivery system for all information to the horse. And when the rider's seat, the body, isn't communicating information to the horse, when there's nothing to say, it does nothing. It just sits there soft. A rider's seat does not interfere with the way of going. It Even it enhances the horse's ability by being ballast and by being a balm. Your seat, you are a balm. You should be a balm. A balm that solves tension and a balm that liberates the stuck. You must be both, and this means you must be loose. Looseness 
or Losgelassenheit gives us rapidity, options, mass, resilience, and conductivity, i.e. contact. Contact is riding. Man and horse become permeable to each other. You are contact. Are you? Are you bomb? To be the bomb for every horse we sit on, our body must be arranged in the correct location relative to the horse's anatomy and rel relative to the line of gravity of the planet. This means the parts of your body must be and remain in specific locations against or upon the horse, in contact with the horse. Our body must remain attached in contact with the horse. Steinbrecht himself asked, asked this, each of you who truly wants to earn the title of rider, we must let each of our limbs find its own resting point and the steadiness by letting it hang under its own weight and put no force or stiffness in the overall posture. Each part of each body, man and horse, finds where it should be when it's loose and when it's going straight forward. The looseness of each allows them to remain together and the agreement as to the lines upon, the which, upon which the horse carries them, arranges them. The looseness of each allows them to remain together. The agreement as to the lines upon which the horse carries arranges them together. The agreement of where you're both going arranges the bodies. The man makes the decisions and the horse carries out the decisions. Think and do. Man thinks, horse does. The man makes the decisions, the horse carries out the decisions. Think and do. The rider has the thought and the horse executes the thought. And to do this, the horse must be able to govern his own thrust, his own propulsion. He does this by carrying. Carrying governs thrust, but it does not suppress or cancel it out. Carrying and thrust are not opposing forces that cancel each other out. They are both nurtured and cherished and developed and made. And because they, they are what take you and your horse to the place you're going. And you are going somewhere. Okay, will you think about this somewhere in regard to the straight line elbow to bit and your hand? Some, wherever we're going, the target, somewhere, Think about that relative to the straight line elbow to bit and your hand. Now, let's look 
again or more carefully or another way at the straight line elbowed a bit and let's define again. Let's be very in agreement about contact. Both of these things, straight line elbowed a bit and contact, come out of the first established base of support, the triangle of the seat, over which remains the upper body always, over which always remains the upper body. So contact and straight line elbowed a bit come out of that which is first established, the base of support, the triangle of the seat, over which always remains the upper, upper body in which resides the shoulder girdle that is dropped, secure dropped down the back. From each socket in the shoulder girdle hangs the upper arm. Attached to this hanging soft apparatus of the upper arm, we find at the bottom of that hanging upper arm, the elbow joint. This elbow joint starts the final connection that directs the open end of the going that finishes the contact. What, what is contact? Contact, when we think about it in its entirety, not just thinking of the rain contact, contact is consistent tension-free connection through the weight of the seat, the leg, and finally the hand. It is consistent tension-free connection through rider and horse, through their bodies. And that now if you want to get, um, it, it, that then the, their minds then do connect and so does the spirit of the going. But contact starts with engagement. It starts through the weight of the seat. So examining through and throughness is also, we probably also should do that. Consistent tension-free connection through rider and horse, body, mind, spirit. Contact starts with engagement. My base of support to his load-bearing hindquarters. And the rain contact, which is through the hand, is the final, not the first, the final point of contact between horse and rider. Engagement is the primary first point of contact we should seek. And this is also spoken of as sitting a horse onto the bit. So what is through? And what is throughness? Throughness is relative and it develops by degrees. It's possible for a horse to be finding his back first, then starting to be through and later to be coming through, but still not yet be totally through. When a horse is through the back, that weds the hindquarters to the forehand. When through the back is fully developed, 
It is an elastic, soft, but strong quality of the developed connecting, conducting, and transmissive top line. The top line where the rider is connected to the horse. Now, in a way, we shouldn't know where I end and he starts. You know, what is rider, what is horse? It becomes one thing. So although through means through and through the entire horse and all of his mechanisms, through is often used in reference to reference, in particular, the horse's back, his transmissive top line, longissimus, and his ribs, rib cage, especially the plural sheet-like muscle surrounding his torso, his rib cage, where our soft legs rest. All right, so it, it's through basically is, it's three-dimensional contact. Now, since this whole thing, this connected horse and rider are going forward, we're going to a target point that's, in, that's ahead of us and the, th the going is aimed basically through the straight line elbow to bit out the open end of the horse. So he's got an open end going that way and we direct it through straight line elbow to bit and the hand sits, sits within the straight line elbow to bit. It directs the open end of the going. Okay, we're really darn close now to be able to talk about the actual hand. But first, I want you to go back and re-watch the entire lecture on the shoulders. Then we're going to have a quiz on that. And then we will exactly talk about the, the formation of the fist, the hollow fist, that exists within the straight line elbow to bit, that is located within the straight line elbow to bit. And in the context of the hollow fist and what it should do, because what it does is what it should, because what it is is what it should do. We will go th through the most simple rain actions again and Phyllis a tiny bit, because Phyllis teaches the hand. How the bit works is how the hand works. All right. This is kind of a mouthful. Thank you for listening to the RT Podcast. Uh.